At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. This is episode 297 of my fly fishing podcast. My name is Rob Snow White. This episode is brought to you by Zygo and their Spin RX Tangle Proof Swivel Pulley. I first met Lindsay Agnes at the Project Healing Waters fishing event in 2015 behind the hatchery on the Salmon River of New York. The same weekend that Ford Motor Company filmed a commercial with Ira. Lindsay donates a lot of her time to amazing causes and is one of the pioneers in garnering more female fly anglers under the water. Embarrassingly, it's taken me too long to get Lindsay on the podcast, but this is her episode. But first, I want to tell you about this awesome product from Zyco. My drift boat anchor gets tangled all the time. There are times when I need to drop my anchor down immediately to stop the boat, not only for a good fishing location, but for safety reasons. I loathe having to switch spots with the client behind me in fast water with rocks around us so I can untwist the anchor and get it down. That is a thing of the past. The Spin RX eliminates anchor rope twisting while still providing a 2 to 1 mechanical lifting advantage of a pulley, which separates this pulley from any other boat pulley on the market. The Spin RX is proudly made in Bozeman, Montana, and is ideal for sportsmen looking to outfit their boat with a better anchoring solution. 
You can learn more about them at zygoLLC.com, or you can check out the Zygo SpinRx on Amazon with a suggested retail price of $79.95. All right, so Lindsay, uh, starting off, do you have a celebrity doppelganger that, that maybe somebody in Topeka, Kansas could, could picture while they hear your voice? <laughs> or well, if there was a celebrity that would play you in your biography, your biography. Well, it would be, uh, well, I, I used to get called Marsha Brady because I, when I grew up in high school, you know, the Brady brunch was really big and Marsha Brady had her hair down to her, her waist. So when I was younger, I was Marsha Brady. I think now I'm just an older woman. I, you know, I guess, uh, I don't have anybody in Hollywood. I don't know. I, <laughs> I should be more prepared on that question. That's all right. Uh, so tell us about your life in fishing and, and how you got to where you are now and, and all the, the time and energy that you give back to fly fishing. So how did it all start for you? Well, my grandparents who were um, off the boat from Germany, I had a grandfather and grandmother that both fished. And we had a cottage on one of the Finger Lakes here in upstate New York. Uh, it was called Honey Oil Lake. The cottage has been in my family since 1955. Wow. My dad was an only child and he had that. And so I would go every weekend. I lived here in Rochester area and I would go every weekend to the cottage. And there wasn't a TV at that time back then. And there wasn't, you know, obviously internet. And so, you know, I grew up playing outside. You know, I would go out, we have a small boat. And I learned to get my, you know, my license when I was a young kid so I could take the boat out on my own with a small engine. I learned um, how to fish, just spin fish. My grandfather owned a butcher shop in, in downtown Rochester. He was, you know, my grandmother would fish. She would always wear a life jacket because she couldn't swim, but she loved fishing and she loved to help clean fish. And, and so we would fish as a family whenever I was there. And then as I got older, you know, my girlfriends, I was an interesting girl because I loved outdoors and I'm a bio major and I had, you know, girlfriends and the, the true gauge of whether or not you'd be my girlfriend when growing up was whether or not you'd fish. I mean, I'd bring you down to the cottage, we'd have a sleepover and, you know, I would say, let's go fishing. And if you went, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, you're out, right? You wouldn't come back. <laughs> And so, you know, I had around 12 or 13, I had a couple girlfriends that really liked to fish. We didn't, back then, we didn't have bait. We'd have to actually get the coffee can, climb in the gully, you know, move around the leaves, find uh, night crawlers and, you know, get our own bait. You know, my grandparents wouldn't take me to the bait store or we didn't even have fancy, we had some lures, but, you know, I was a, a little bait fisherman and and then later in life, when my grandfather, he would spend uh, the winters down in Florida, we would go down and we did some deep sea fishing trips. He would, you know, charter a boat. And I think I caught you know, a barracuda, you know, when I was a little girl, I, I probably was five or six years old, holding up a, a fish as big as me. So I really enjoyed fishing as a little girl. And then I, I, uh, I got into fly fishing. I, I mean... My, Dave and I uh, were married and, you know, he actually was the one that got me into that. I started fly fishing in 2005, about 15, 16 years ago. How did and you meet? I met him because he, I, I worked at Kodak and he worked at Kodak. We got assigned a mergers and acquisition project together. 
or both in IT. And when I went in his office, he had lots of trout and salmon and fly fishing things all over his office. And I'm like, this guy's cool, man. So I came into his office and I was asking a lot of questions about fly fishing. It was something I'd always wanted to do. My children were to the point where they were growing up, having jobs and starting to leave the house. They didn't need mom anymore. And so, you know, fly fishing had always been something on my bucket list. So in 2005, Dave actually put a fly rod in my hand and said, yeah, I can show you how to do this. And I remember going down to Gander Mountain. It was here in Rochester. And I bought my first, I think it was a Gander Mountain rod. And, you know, unfortunately, it was probably some little cheapy rod. I believe I donated that to a veteran at some point along the way. I didn't even keep my first rod. Uh, but I had a, a rod and a, and a Loomis reel, and, and away I went. So I got into fishing through, at that time, he was my boyfriend, and I eventually married my fly fishing instructor. Well, that doesn't happen too often. No, no, it's not the pool boy or the golf instructor or tennis instructor. It's my fly fishing instructor. And there's plenty of puns about, like, she's a keeper and look <laughs> over back. Yeah. yeah, we're hooked. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to go into mounting. That's a whole nother. <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> that's pretty cool that you two have that fishing relationship. My wife goes on the boat. She will fish, but that's not why she wants to go on the boat. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Well, you know, back then, you know, at Gander Mountain, I had uh, men's stern waders. I mean, I had a, I had a Gander Mountain fly. I think my uh, my vast it was always men. Everything was men's. It was it was very different back then. Before they just made it pink and bedazzled, and then said, "Oh, look, it's not women's," even though it's not cut for women. Right, exactly. So I mean, I I fish locally here in Rochester, Walker Creek, Salmon River, Oak Orchard Creek, all the Lake Ontario tributaries, Cataraugus. There's a there's also the Salmon River, so I'm up there quite a bit. I spend a lot of time fishing on the Salmon River. It's one of my favorite places to go. So from meeting Dave and getting into fly fishing, when were you introduced to fly fishing those rivers and, and the lake run? Um, in 2005, you know, Dave actually had some, you know, he actually was pretty patient with me. I, I played golf, you know, so I, I was used to following instruction. I turned from a golfer to a fly fishing and I knew how to fish, right? I knew how to read water. I mean, from my Finger Lakes uh, bass and cold water, uh, you know, I went from a warm water fishing to a cold water species. I knew my knots and I knew how to take out a hook and, and things like that. I felt pretty confident there, but I, um, the whole fly fishing casting and all the terminology and what to wear and what to do and all that was all new. So, I mean, really back then, you know, I think in 2005, I started, I think I caught my first trout on Salmon River up in the upper fly zone. From there on, I was just so excited. I really, really enjoyed it. And that was, it was something that kind of brought me back to my roots. I always loved fishing and it was something I could do. So, I mean, back in, let's see, 2006, I think I went to my very first fly fishing show in Somerset, New Jersey. And that's actually when I actually went, you know, I got down there. I met my first woman that fly fishes. 
where I actually, I, I didn't really meet her. I saw her from a distance. Her name was Rachel Finn. And she was this redheaded, braided, she's got big braids, long braids, a badass girl in a Scott fly, yeah, fly rod booth, right? She was with Scott Rods. And I saw her from afar and I'm like, she wasn't just one of the ladies in the booth selling a trip or, uh, you know, part of an outfitter. She was like, she was a fly fishing girl, you know? So at that time I was very intrigued by Rachel. I mean, I, I don't even think in 2006, I saw her and she saw me, but I don't think I, I don't know. I didn't go over and introduce myself, but I knew she was this Scott Rod fly girl, right? So I was like, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, and at the show, I met Lefty Cray. He was at the TFO booth, you know. And, you know, back then, networking was face-to-face. -face. I mean, it, there was no Facebook and all that time. This is 2006, right? I, re I remember going to the Sage booth at that show, and I bought my first I, Sage 7-weight 10-foot fly rod. It was an FLI, and Kathy Beck sold it to me. When did you go from being a casual angler to starting to teach others? Well, in 2007, so that's two years later, I, you know, I, I went, I went, I was upset with Dave. I was like, there's no place for women to go learn how to fly fish. Oh, you weren't upset with him like he left the, the seat up or no i i just the, i i was at some event and it was always men in the room and men they were like fly fishing groups it, it might have been a trout trying to limit a meeting i don't even know if it was a tu or it was a fly fishing uh meeting and i was like where is the class for women teaching women how to fly fish and he just looked at me and laughed and said well there isn't any lindsay and, you know, he said Orvis might have something, but there wasn't anything. So in 2007, I said, we're going to we're going to create a TU women's seminar. And this is when Trout Unlimited came into my life. I decided to join Trout Unlimited and in 2007. And I kicked off the first Trout Unlimited women's fly fishing seminar here in upstate New York. And I have been doing them for well, we didn't have it last year, but 13 years or so, I've been teaching women to fly fish through these classes. The DEC gave me the um, the hatchery up on the Salmon River. Uh, the, there's a lecture room there. And I put together the materials and the guys. It was, I got up and taught some of it, but some of it like the lines and probably the, the leaders and things, I had the, the boys help, right? They got up and taught. And we had this class and we had 15 women at the class and we've been putting these seminars on it and it's all volunteers, you know, 15 women, 15 volunteers. And the, at that time, it was the Tug Hill chapter of Trout Unlimited. They, those guys were wonderful. They said, Lindsay, whatever you need, you know, they got my, they got the rods, they got everything and they helped volunteer their time for a two day seminar. And we taught in the last since 2007, we've taught 350 women how to fly fish through those programs. Amazing. It is. And then do you also teach the grandkids in the same style as? I do. I do. The kids, the grandkids are doing a little fly fishing. I would say our older granddaughter, Eleni, she's, she's definitely, she caught her first fish all by herself on a fly rod. 
last year and she's she's in uh, first grade and so the other ones right now they're they're spin fishing they're in the spin fishing mode right now but yes the, the grandkids have all caught uh caught fish on, on a fly when do they get to go for steelhead pretty soon I mean, you know they got to be old they got to be able to stand in a river and be patient right yeah i mean oh. i see some of these ladies that are bringing these kids steelhead fishing with packs and stuff right look at uh you know jackie kunzer and you know there she's uh you know carrying her little one around in a pack and all that i mean i i, I would have dreamed about that back in those days but you know they're doing it these ladies are amazing it throws off your balance. It was easier for me to have my kid in a backpack. The baby Bjorn was always just awkward trying to. to I think it's so cool. I always, you know, when I see this on social media, I just love the fact that these parents are taking their kids fishing and everything. So, you know, so that's when it started. And believe it or not, I think the second woman I ever met in fly fishing in New York was a lady called Vicki Lane. And Vicki came and helped me. She's out of Syracuse. She was a member of Trout Unlimited, and she, her and I started to put these seminars on together, and, and so we became kind of the, the TU girls, and, you know, we would work on the format, and she was running some seminars out of Syracuse. Um, I had another lady, Jan Opal, with Trout Unlimited that ran some seminars up in Lake Champlain area, upper north area, and then I was running them out of the Salmon River, and I mean, we would just, we, we actually had a great time. We'd come up, not only did we run these seminars, you know, we had the, all the TU, uh, the guys would help volunteer. I mean, they, everybody volunteered. It was wonderful. And uh, it was a great format. What is your current title with Trout Unlimited? Well, right now, I believe my title, I think I'm a VP. I gave Larry Charette, who's the president of Trout Unlimited. I'm the vice president of diversity, and it, diversity includes the women and diversity on the New York State Council for Trout Unlimited. How big is your chapter locally? Well, TU is is made up of 31 chapters in New York State, and in that New York State, there's we're, we're in really good shape. We're about 7% of the TU members. I think we've got 7,800 members at TU and the New York State, and uh, about 523 of them are women. So 7% uh, is really good because nationally, TU is around 5% women. And so New York State, we're, because of the diversity initiative and because of the women's initiative, we've been really and these TU seminars and things. We have a lot of women. It's, it's wonderful. It's really exciting that we have a lot of women in New York State that really enjoy uh, fly fishing and getting outside and conservation. Other than Kiki, I can't think of too many women that are regulars at our meetings. Yeah, it's, it's hard up here in New York State. So I'm with the Seth Green chapter. And the Seth Green chapter has about 10% women. We're, we're this way is up there. Seth Green who transported fish across the country, not yes, that's Seth the Green actor. No, Seth Green, the, the fishery, you know, the first hatchery ever in New York. I, I, I always wonder what it was like to be in Seth Green's house. He used to have, didn't he have that in his house, in his garage? <laughs> Something. I mean, my, I was, you know, as a bio major in college, my roommates had to deal with all sorts of crazy living things in our apartment they were well, never happy with me 
the the chapters right now, the Seth Green chapter, other than the New York City chapter, which has about 64 women in their chapter, and they're, they're, they have like 800 members, uh, Seth Green chapter has 50 women. We, we have quite a few ladies at our chapter meeting, so it, it gets pretty uh, chatty. All right, so that's TU. You also work with Casting for Recovery. Yes, so back in 2015, really the fall of 2014, uh, a gentleman came to me, um, Steve Olson, and said that him and his mom wanted to start an upstate New York casting for recovery, uh, like kind of a chapter. And um, there was, casting for recovery was really across the state, there was an organ events being held down in New York City, and there were over 80 women on the waiting list for upstate New York, and they just aren't, they couldn't get through them all. So we started in 2015, we had our first casting for recovery event in upstate New York. And we are, uh, you know, for those of you that don't know about casting for recovery, it takes women who are recovering from breast cancer, they could be in their breast cancer journey, just being diagnosed through their treatment, and then they could be cancer free or at least the, you know, they could be recovering from cancer um, anytime in their life. It could be, you know, it could be 10 years away from their cancer diagnosis and still or 15 uh, go to retreat. So to qualify, it's a free weekend. We take 15 ladies on a retreat. We teach them how to fly fish. We, we do casting and fly tying and instruction and there's a lot of time where they can also learn more about we have psychosocial workers we have doctors that talk to them about their surgeries and what happened and there's a lot of bonding and it's like it's a camp out weekend except we have it at the tailwater lodge in uh, Pulaska, new york which is really wonderful and these girls they don't have to pay a thing they get to show up and be princess all weekend Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So in 2015, Steve approached me and said um, they need uh, women guides, you know, instructors and to, to run this event at, during the day. And they said, you know, would you do it? And I'm like, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And they said, well, do you know any other women that, you know, could be instructors, you know, at that time? And of course, back in you know, back in the 2006, that redheaded braid, badass girl, Rachel Finn. Well, now Rachel and I are very good friends. So, you know, I, I said, well, you've got to have Rachel Finn. We've got to have Rachel, who's a guide in the Adirondacks. And so we, we've got Rachel now on the team. And then one of the girls that had come through the TU Women's Seminars of Fly Fishing classes, uh, she's local here, Lisa Green. She's very, very good fly fishing and teacher and instructor, and she helps and volunteers. And so uh, we got Lisa involved. So the three of us became the instructors for the first year there. And I think we're going on five years now uh, with that Casting for Recovery event. We've got, an, we've got the weekend coming up in June of this year. And 
you know, we're excited about it. They're, I think they're still going to have it. That's what we're hoping. Uh, but uh, it's June 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's at the Tailwater Lodge. And if anyone wants to help as a river helper or whatever, uh, they can apply online at the castingforrecoverycfr.com and or they could tie flies or they can donate. It, it costs about $1,000 a person to send these 14 ladies. And we need to raise that money each year uh, for 15 women. So that's $15,000. So we're always looking for donations uh, and money or we're looking for flies because we love to fill their fly boxes. And we're also looking for volunteers as river helpers. And I think I've got a couple extra salmon river flies I can send up your way. Okay. Yes, definitely make that happen. And I'm sure some listeners too will get addresses and information at the end where they can do that. Uh, have you ever had the onion rings at the Tailwaters Lodge? I have. They're really good. <laughs> They're good. That's what I miss about going up there and the salmon fishing. Steel I love rings. their showers. They, they have these amazing showers there, and the beds are really comfortable. Yeah, so we eat there, but we stay at the uh, Trestle Pool in, if we're not camping there. Okay. Okay. Are, are not as fancy, but they're dry and warm. Perfect. Yes. So you mentioned Kiki. I think in, I think in 2015 is when I met Kiki. I um, went to the fly fishing show. So again, back then there wasn't a lot of uh, connection through social media. I mean, now today you can find all these other women interested in fly fishing by joining groups. And I went to the fly fishing show and I had, I'd heard about Kiki. I had kind of been following her on Facebook maybe since 2007 or whatever. You know, so, you know, going to those fly fishing shows, that was the way we, we could all connect as, as women. And I knew she did a lot of work with Project Healing Waters, as so did I with veterans. She also, you know, was very supportive of any women's programs and she's a great guide. So, I, I mean, at that point, I, I got to meet Kiki and Lisa Weiner and obviously Rachel Finn and Heather Hodgson and, you know, the Dunn Magazine. We've got, you know, lots of girls who are doing wonderful things and now connecting everyone. It's just, it's a whole new world now and it's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, we've got a lot of women in fly fishing now. It's wonderful. It's awesome. And my daughter's always asking if Kiki could come by. Aww. She lives a lot, you know, and they're always out in the mountains. My daughter's always like, can Kiki come by and hang out? I bet she would. She would. She's fishing. Well, you know, also back then in 2015, you know, Chrissy Atkinson and Jackie Kunzer, you know, the big deal was Orvis 5050 came out, right? And there were posters of Orvis and women. And, you know, they were the first ones that really put their step their foot forward and take a step into the women. We're going to support women. We're going to brand for women. We're going to, you know, encourage women. And I believe Chrissy and Jackie were on all the posters. I mean, they, they had a great photo shoot and, you know, they were, they were showing women out in these beautiful places in Belize and exotic places, fly fishing. And I think, you know, when women can see other women, doing the sport or fly fishing in the sport and, and with smiles and happiness. So women see other women fly fishing, it draws them to it. They're like, what, let me learn more about this, right? So I think, you know, Chrissy and Jackie were kind of the poster girls for fly fishing, women fly fishing for, for a while there with the Orvis promotions. And it was really great. It, things took off from, the, from there, it really got big. 
Yeah, having the 50-50 definitely helped some of the the Orvis stores sending people towards my club, which is the, the title Potomac Fly Riders, which helps increase women tying flies with us. Oh, neat. Yeah, so they saw, they got into this, They and then Orvis did a great job in having some events. They do that now where you can go on these women events. I went to one on, in, I went to Belize on a girl's trip, and it was an Orvis trip down in Belize, El, El Pescador Lodge. I went with a, my friend, Dr. Hesney, Joanne, and we had an amazing trip. And we, we actually, on the trip, we both landed in the same day, a tarpon. We both landed the next day. We each got a permit. And then, you know, we, we, had, we had a Grand Slam, but it was like over three days. <laughs> grand Slam's a Grand Slam, regardless of time frame with those species. Yeah, no, it was, it was a wonderful day. Joanne Hesney and I, you know, we went out. This was just one of those uh, Belize trips that Orvis arranged and Joanne was like, come on, you got to go do this. It's really fun. It was uh, the Belize Orvis Paradise on the Fly at El, El Pescador Lodge. It's a girl's trip. I recommend it for any girl or woman that wants to get into fly fishing. I think they host that. Orvis does it. It's uh, like a three-day fishing trip. And um, we had the time of our lives and we definitely caught some great fish. I could send my wife on one of those where she'd come back all excited about fishing. But nope, she'd rather be skiing. <laughs> Her ski hey. trip, she's supposed to be out in Colorado right now, but she had to cancel that one. As long as she's outdoors, you know, that's her, that's her mantra. She's outside and she's, you know, in the, in the beautiful nature. That's what's important. I, I think she's out walking now because it's almost bluebird skies. Uh, the only sound outside right now are demolitions and howitzers being blown up down at Quantico, which is 30-something miles away. Our house is shaking from it. And then wow. we're supposed to get the ice storm tomorrow. So my wife is getting her wiggles out now, doing some laps <laughs> in the neighborhood. Well, that's great. Yeah, so let's talk about Project Healing Waters and then move that into Oasis. Absolutely. As... As my fly fishing skills progressed, you know, one of the things that I was involved in with a TU women's seminar, I was approached at uh, by some of the, for, so the Fort Drum veterans started tying flies. The Project Healing Water Fort Drum vet, vets started tying flies for my TU women's seminar. So they had all these extra flies that they had and they donated to my women's seminar for the girls that are just learning how to fly fish. And so I would, you know, always um, take the time to thank the, the guys up at Fort Trump Project Healing Waters as we gave these free flies out to the women. And I mean, it was really touching, you know, to have these veterans up at Fort Trump tie for us and, and it was really nice. And then what happened is their, their local um, TU group, what, there is a Project Healing Waters event it's a Fort Drum event where the vets come down and they fish on the Salmon River. And it's in, it's in the first week of November every year. And what, what happened at that event, my husband Dave would go and guide for that event. And what happened was they, they reached out to me and said, we have a woman, her name was Melissa, severe PTSD on trauma up in Fort Drum. And they, she's been joining the fly tying and the fly fishing folks at, um, you know, they have an event up at Fort Drum and they were going to bring her 
down to the Salmon River to fish. And they said, Lindsay, would you guide her? And there you go. Absolutely. Hands down. I'll be there. So, I mean, that's when it started. She had uh, trauma with her right arm. She couldn't lift it. So she was constrained. Again, she was uh, a rack uh, IED type of roadside bomb situation. And so, you know, she had problems, physical issues with lifting her arm too, too high. We worked on her cast and, you know, she caught a, a a brown trout, I believe, that day, and it was just really um, very rewarding. So I think that was 2011 when I did my very first time guiding for Project Healing Waters, and I was invited back. So, I mean, I don't know if you've heard the story with Ira Strauss. Um, I'm good friends with Ira and Tissa. I think it was in 2012, Ira, it could, or it could have been that, that fall, November, they asked me to guide for the Salmon River event. And again, Project Healing Waters, there were 20 uh, participants, vets, and there were 20 guides. And I was the only woman, right? So we line up all the vets, we say the Pledge of Allegiance, we line up all the guides, and then they do the old baseball, you know, okay, so-and-so, you're with so-and-so, the guy, you know, they're taking the guy and the vet and they put and the, put, put them together and then they're doing the next one, they're doing the next one. And they did all, all the guides got assigned a vet and then there was me standing there. There wasn't another veteran standing there, right? And they looked at me and said, well, Lindsay, you know, and then all of a sudden this, this vet comes running. He's like running from his car way down in the parking lot. You see him coming and they go, oh, okay, here's your vet. He's coming, right? He's running, disheveled. You know, his, his fly rod was in pieces and, and he was dragging the line on the ground with the fly. And, you know, he, he was carrying his jacket and his vest and things were falling out of it. But anyways, you know, I thought, oh boy, here, here we go. So he shows up and, and he introduced himself. Hi, I'm Iris Strauss. And I said, hi, Ira, you're late. <laughs> so, two things you're never late for. <laughs> and I was like, looks like I got you. I got the golden guide, you know, so he teased me because I had blonde hair and all that. So to make a long story short, my husband has a book that he wrote. It's a fly fishing adventures on the fly and uh, with Dave and Lindsay Agnes. And he wrote this story. It's the golden guide. And Ira ended up being the high ride for the weekend. He caught more coho and steelhead and, and you know, and salmon than anyone else, right? And even on the, the, the second day, we, he was definitely caught most of the, the most fish. And then on the second day, he came to me and he said, okay, I said, so what's your goal for, for, for today, Ira? He goes, well, I don't know if we can top yesterday. I go, I know, well, let's go for it. And he goes, well, I want a brown trout. I just said, okay. He goes, yeah, I want one of those big browns. Well, do you know anything about the Salmon River? Not that they don't have the brown trout, but they don't, I mean, it's it's not as common. Like I would take you on somewhere else for a, a Lake Ontario brown trout, right? So, I mean, they're smaller brown, he, but he, he wanted one and we were up river pretty high up on the Salmon River. So I, near the upper fly zone. So I was like, okay. So I'm looking at the run and, and they told us you can't go too far. Um, we have to be within, you know, distance. So we, we set out uh, to cross the stream and walk down. And there was this one area, it was the slowest water on the river where we were. And I said, if there's a brown trout, 
Ira, it'll be here. And he's like, okay. So we, we put on this fly, it was called a Springs Wiggler. And sure enough, within, you know, 15, 20 minutes, Ira had his brown trout. It was huge. It was a big brown trout. So, you know, that was the event and it was really an exciting time. And my fishing partner there, Ira, uh, and I became bonded forever. And, and he, uh, not only did I, was I there for his first steelhead, I think he caught, you know, many, to over, probably 10, you know, so he, he had a great time and we've been friends ever since. Any so, funny stories about Tissa? Well, Tissa, so Ira's married to Tissa and Tissa is actually serving in the U.S. Army. They're, they're now stationed, they were at Fort Meade for a while in Maryland and, and uh, she's an amazing uh a soldier. She still serves. She's a colonel in the U.S. Army, and she's uh, currently deployed overseas. And um, I got to meet her. She'd showed up to one of my women's TU uh, fly fishing seminars, and Ira said, you've got to meet Lindsay. And so what, what happened is I ran the seminar for that summer. I ran one with 15 women in it, and the ladies of Fort Drum asked me to run another one. They really didn't get into the class. It, it filled up right away. So I opened up a second event that year and we ran, uh, we've all volunteers, uh, a women's seminar and Tissa showed up along with a lot of other ladies at from Fort Drum and it was wonderful. So we get, not only did we get a chance to teach the guys at Project Healing Waters, but we got to teach some of the women and support staff, the women that supported these veterans. And so I got to meet Tissa. And, you know, she was amazing and she's definitely a soldier. She's got a beautiful boys and she always wanted to catch a steelhead. And before she got deployed, I don't even know what tour of duty it was. Tissa decided to, she called me up. It was January. I think it was two, two weeks before she got deployed to Iraq. She called me up and said, I'm, you know, I'm leaving to go to Iraq and I, I want to catch a steelhead. She hadn't caught one yet. She goes, could you take me fishing and let's go get one? Now, Rob, it, it was, uh, you know, like a day like today, it was probably seven degrees out. The, the Salmon River was pretty frozen. It wasn't like you're going to get anywhere near the water. And that's her, like she would go running in that kind of weather. Yeah. No, she goes, before I leave, I want to catch a big steelhead and put the picture up on the refrigerator so while I'm gone the boys can look at it the whole time I'm gone that's what she said <laughs> so I I hang up the phone with her and I said well let me see what I can do and you know and meanwhile the, at that time that the river was really flooded there we were at high water mark I mean you couldn't wait it I don't know if it was 3,500 or four, you know, 35,000, you know, it was you know, 35,000 uh, feet per minute, per minute, the CFS. It was a very high flow. So I ended up calling, there's only one guide that I can float. So we were going to go float this, the river. We're going to float it because it's too high. And I got two weeks to get her a steelhead in the middle of winter. I called John Copey because he's the only guy that I know that I feel safe enough being in the boat in in the middle of winter that won't kill, you, you know, that that's guided that river forever. And I called and he's a vet, you know, so I, I called up John and I said, hey, John, would you take Tissa and I fishing? Let me tell you the story. Tissa's getting deployed. She wants a steelhead and all that, yada, yada, yada. He's like, absolutely. And he had a, actually a heater in the front of the boat, which was wonderful. And and to make a long story short, 
Tissa caught her big steelhead and, you know, I caught, I caught some and it was a great day. It was, it was cold and she got to have a picture and she put it up on the fridge before she, she left to go to her uh, tour of duty in Iraq. So she's, um, she's some, something special. So I tied a fly, I'm a fly tire and I tied a fly um, uh, for Tissa while she was deployed. I decided when she was gone, it just broke my heart. Um, she had to say goodbye to her young boys her two young boys and Ira, and be deployed again um, for, it was maybe a year and a half or two-year deployment. I, you know, my, my heart just broke for her watching her leave her family and the dedication to, you know, the this, this service to our country. And I tied a fly, it's called Tissa's Strength, and it's a steelhead fly, and it's got um, purple for the purple heart and red and blue tinsel. It, it's a beautiful fly and I tied it for her and I named the fly Tissa's Strength because it reflects the strength of Tissa Strauss and how strong she is to leave her her family and and provide you know provide support and run off do these missions and everything for us here in the United States so it's a beautiful fly and uh, it's like one of my favorite and I mailed Tissa one of the flies and she had it in her locker while she was deployed. And she said, you know, Lindsay, when I get back, we're gonna fish this. And I talked to Ira and he's like, Tissa said, when they get back, we're gonna fish this and we're gonna go steelhead fishing together. That's great. Yeah, it's it. she's she's an amazing lady. Yeah, we missed her. Well, we wouldn't normally see them with quarantine anyway, but uh, I think it was last April. Yeah. Deployed. I think my, my daughter talks to, their youngest on Facebook Messenger. Oh, pretty sure he taught her the f bomb too. <laughs> Hang that with that kid saying the f bomb. Like, yeah, love. they are a beautiful family. They have given so much to our country and to and we, you know, they're very precious. And you know, when they come back, you know, uh, when Ira's in town, you know, we always go fishing together. Uh, my husband Dave and I and Ira, we always catch up and go fishing, you know, there's nothing like fishing with Ira and, and we just really enjoy it. And and Tiss has been busy. I haven't fished with her lately, but I'll tell you when she retires from the service, we are going to definitely just be spending some time fishing with them. Good, good. Uh, so how did working with, with Tissa and, and David and some other vets lead you to starting your own fly fishing school for veterans? Well, the Oasis Adaptive Sports, it's an organization. Uh, it's called Oasis. It's, um, it is an, a, a 501c organization. It's Outdoor Adventures for Sacrifice and Service. The president of that organization had a cottage right next to mine on Honeyway Lake, right? Remember, I might go back to my spin fishing days, right? We had a cottage. The next door neighbor on the other side of the gully is Bob Hoover, and he started Oasis Adaptive Sports. So this organization takes wounded veterans and takes them downhill skiing. They have a skating program where they have retired uh, hockey team uh, take them uh, skating. They have an equestrian program that take wounded veterans outdoors and teach them to ride. There's a golf program. I'm trying to, there's a sailing program on Canandaigua Lake. They teach them to sail. And they, at, the, at a campfire one night in August, 
after maybe a few cocktails, Bob Hoover was talking to Dave and I, and he said, you know, Oasis would really like to have a fly fishing program. Would you two be consider volunteering to run this and be the fly fishing coordinators for the fly fishing program? Don't write all that. And we did. We said yes. And and so we, Dave and I have been running the fly fishing program for Oasis. So, you know, that could go to the skiing program and learn how to, down, to downhill ski. Then they could go to golf and learn how to golf. They could learn how to sail another year and then they could come to fly fishing. So it's it's keeping these veterans in outdoor sports and, and teaching them outdoor activities to help them heal. So we started that in 2012. We we were asked, would we run the program? And Dave and I are still running it. We're, we're actually starting it in the month, month of April. We kick it off. We do a three Saturdays for uh, four hours. We, we actually have a gym, the um, Kodak facility, the old Kodak facility has a big gym and they have um, some classrooms there and they they give back to us and let us um, bring in the veterans there. And so we can go in their gym and cast. It's huge. And then we have a big area for a classroom and we do a lecture. So we do some, some lectures. We do some fly tying. We teach them knots. We do some hands-on. And then, you know, we finish that up after the three Saturdays and then we take them out. We take them about five outings a year depending on their work schedule and their capability and we have everyone that guides them volunteers um, we have a lot of volunteers for that and we finish up generally the end of june Brilliant. how do you have time to, to do all of this so, i do it every weekend wow. <laughs> well, we, then, yeah or do you still have a full-time position like with Kodak or someone else? Well, I worked for Kodak for 34 years at Eastman Kodak Company. I, I, I worked in IT. I retired after 34 years from there. And then I started a position. I'm an IT, I'm a, sorry, a project director at Rochester Regional Health. It's a healthcare system. And I, I run a, a project management office with a group of project managers. I, I run projects myself and I'm I run clinical type of projects and I'm working full-time still there. And I've been with Rochester Regional for five years. So I'm winding down on my career. I haven't retired yet. I'm still, you know, here's the problem, Rob. I've got a bucket list of all these dream trips I want to take for life fishing. And I, I want to, you know, get to them. So I've been working to pay for my fly fishing problem. What's the first place you could go to? Well, when Dave retired, we went to the Seychelles. Oh, my gosh. We went to Alphonse Atoll, and we went with Yellow Dog. And, you know, we drove from, we always drove from New York. We went to New York. We flew to New Jersey, to Dubai, to Mahe, to Seychelles, and then out to Alphonse Island. You know, we're talking about 24 hours of flight. But we, you know, we saw giant tortoises, GTs, bluefin, bluefin trevallis, bonefish, triggerfish, grouper, you know, all kinds of fun. So we went, that was our dream trip. When Dave retired, we, we said, we're going to go do this trip. And we did that in 2009, went to the Seychelles, been to Belize, you know, we're, uh, we've been up to Labrador, Igloo Lake Lodge up in Labrador. And for these big eight pound brook trout, right? At a dry fly. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. 
Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. So we've got some trips lined up now and, you know, we've got, we've got a trip that we're supposed to go up to King Salmon, Alaska and Bristol Bay, you know, to go do that. It got canceled last year and we've got it lined up again this fall and, uh, and this September. So I don't know if we're going to get out. And then we've got a, a trip that we're planning in, um, I'm trying to think it's up in, uh, it's a, it's a, again, up in Labrador area and it's a salmon trip to go up salmon fishing so you know so you're going to get salty salmon versus freshwater salmon that's correct that's correct how do so, those differ for you oh I, I love salt oh i love both you know i'm i'm always learning whether i'm fishing in pennsylvania on these little tree streams for brook trout you know like a kettle creek kind of thing or slate run you know i you're you're trying to be exact and it's very narrow and you're fly fishing, you know, dry fly fishing to steelhead fishing. I, I'm a two-handed uh, caster. I, I fish with a two-handed rod. I do a lot of that. It's my favorite around here for steelhead and, and um, do a lot of that. And then, you know, Dave and I do, we actually go down to Connecticut near Mystic and we fish out in the, the sound for saltwater, right? For albies and stripers. So, you know, that's that's another whole thing, learning how to topwater fish off a bow of a boat. We, we go with this great guy, Steve Burnett. Um, he, he runs Lauren B. Charters, that's the name of his boat, and we go out of Stonington, Connecticut, and we, we fish at Watch Hill and Race Light, Rhode Island. And with all this fishing Florida. with a couple, with all this fishing as a couple, does everything have to be divided amongst his and hers? Is he allowed to use one of your rods? Can he, you know, sit down and, and, and use your bobbin without asking? Is he going to get in trouble for that? <laughs> how does this work in the family? Well, when, you know, when I first learned how to fly fish, Dave was wonderful. You know, he would just hand me a fly box of tied flies. I, when I first started back in 2005, I, d I didn't tie flies or anything. So he would just hand me this box when we got to the river, you know, and, and I would open it and there would be flies there and I would tie them on because I knew how to at least tie my own knots and things. But as time went on, you know, I think the revelation came, I'd say a few, few years later, I, uh, I think I started tying in maybe 2010 and, and then the conflict started, right? Because I, I didn't like the flies that were in my box, you know? <laughs> so, and I also, you know, got my own guide's license. I'm trying to think, I, I became a guide, I have to say. Um, you know, we'd have nothing like that here in Virginia. You want to become a guide, just, just go and meet people on the water. There's there's no qualifications or testing or anything. Oh no, yeah, I had to take my guide's license. I'm trying to think. Yeah, you, you all wear pins, we have Yeah, nothing. oh yeah, yeah. You can't guide for hire unless you, you have your guide's license. The Commonwealth of Virginia only asked if I was going out in the open blue water for marlin and tuna. And I said, yeah, no, I've got a canoe. And they're like, oh, you're fine. No, I think in 2011, I got my guide's license. So, so you know, what happened was I was becoming more proficient. You know, when Dave first helped me stay near me, you know, he would hover and help me with fly selection, help me read water and things like that. And by... 
I'd say by 2010, when I was, I would say I was very independent then, you know, I tied my own flies, I, you know, like my stuff. I, yeah, I started to get very particular about, you know, where's my bobbin and his stuff. Now he's a very, if you look at his side of the fly tying table, it's, it's like a tornado hit, right? You, you get it. The last four flies he's tied is all still sitting on the table where I get out everything, I put everything away. I, I labeled all the bins with, you know, and everything in the fly shops wherever, and he just, you know, has a big pile. And then when it gets so unbearable, he finally puts everything away. So his mess starts to come over to my side and my bobbins go missing and other things. So we, we, we don't mind. I, I laugh and we have a good time of it. It's a lot of fun. But when we were out, when we are out sometimes, he'll say, you know, go fish over there and, you know, see that, you know, go down here or go do this or whatever. And then I'll start fishing it and then he'll come over and go, oh, you know, cast closer to that log or the, you know, and he's, he's doing it out of love. Okay. I know it's not um, that he didn't think I know. He just wants to encourage me. What I would start to say to him, this is how the Agnes's fight. I turn around and I say to him, Dave, I can't hear the birds sing. And then that's my, that's my, uh, you know, knock it off, right? <laughs> Conversation. But I can't hear the birds sing is a common thing I say to him when, you know, he's chirping in my ear about something and I, and I know what I'm doing and I want to do it myself. So it's yes. pretty funny. We share things. So sometimes, you know, I'm a, I have a lot of Beulah rods. I'm a, a rep for the Beulah, you know, uh, pro staff. So I have a lot of Beulah equipment. I love their spay rods and, and their equipment. And so, you know, ne next thing I know, Dave's going out, like he's retired now. So he'll go out the door and he's like, Hey, just, you know, I'm going to borrow your, your Beulah spay, you know, blah, blah. You know, I really like it. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we actually, we're kind of funny because when we buy something, we buy two, you know, when we went to the Seychelles, we bought, you know, some pretty heavy duty rods for that, you know, so we have two of everything in the house primarily. It's it's sad, but true. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, yeah. All right, anything I, I didn't ask you about living in New York and fishing before I round it off with a couple of other questions? Well, I just, I guess what I, I just wanted to talk about, you know, what's happening today with um, United Women on the Fly with Heather. Absolutely. You know, Hodgson, it's just amazing stuff. I mean, if, if women aren't aware, I mean, not everyone's on social media. You can go to her website. But, you know, she's doing amazing things in bringing more women into fly fishing. And I just want to do a shout out for her because I, I think she's teaching. She's, you know, doing trips. She's doing all kinds of things. And I don't know where she finds the time, but she's definitely got, you know, momentum going and, you know, a lot going on there. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, I think here in New York, I mean, if you don't know Rachel Finn, you ought to get to know her. She's an amazing full-time guide that's been guiding, you know, I guide part-time. I don't guide a lot. I, I, I do guide a little bit because of my work, my volunteer work. But um, if you ever want to uh, go fishing up in the Adirondacks, you know, she's on the ensemble. You go, you got to look up Rachel Finn amazing artist. She won the Isaac Walton Award uh, from the American Museum Fly Fishing. And so, you know, you got to go check out uh, Rachel. Uh, another really great guide here, female guide in New York State is Anita Coulter. I don't know if you ever fished the Delaware. 
Um, she's a fishing guide that, you know, she can row any boat and she's down on the Delaware River and she loves to take uh, folks fly fishing, men or women. So, you know, my sisters in fly fishing here in New York State, these are some of the other women guides that are guiding full time and, you know, doing some great things. So, you know, I want to give a shout out to them. Well, I'm glad you did. Thank you for that. Ready for some questions now? Sure. Uh, tell me about this garbage plate meal that you can get in Rochester. Well, if you ever come to Rochester, you have to get a garbage plate. So it's really big with the college students, okay, RIT, U of R. But what you decide, you decide you get a, a dish of macaroni, it's kind of a bowl, and then you can either have hot dogs or hamburgers, cheeseburgers or hamburgers. They put that on there. And then they put onions on it and they put this hamburger hot sauce on it. And you can even have French fries on top if you want French fries. Some of them do tater tots. It's, it's to die for. And it's something that you eat after you've been drinking all night. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably best after midnight. Uh, and, you know, you come, off the bar, come out of the bars and you go get a garbage plate. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And a lot of times when I have girls come and we go fishing, sometimes we'll go get a garbage plate afterwards. You know, they got to have the full experience. So that sounds like some heartburn. Good. It, it's, you know, I, I'll split one right now. I'm, I'm at the age where I'll split one with somebody. Sounds like a good idea. While we're on the, the food subject, who's got the best sandwich in Honeyo Falls? And am I, am I pronouncing that correctly? <laughs> Probably a Salvatore's in Honeyo Falls. Yeah, we don't have any really good sandwich places i guess you know we we have the typical salvatore's you know steak sub kind of thing it's a little town it my husband said it reminds him of mayberry you know it's everybody says thank you when they trick-or-treat and it's, it's it's a cute little town you can walk to pretty much anywhere in town and one one traffic light uh grocery store fire department great great people great home sounds nice and quiet mm-hmm no howitzers blowing up out there. <laughs> yes. Uh, are there any bad habits that Dave needs you to get rid of? Probably so. I got, I, he doesn't like the fact that I match my buff with my hat, with my shirt, with like my jacket, with like I'm very, my hair tie. <laughs> he always, you're getting up to go fishing, you know, when you're steelhead fishing, you're getting up at five in the morning, right? And you're, you get in the river and I got, I got to lay out my, my stuff ahead of time. And I'm figuring out what color buff I'm wearing and hat and all that kind of stuff. And I coordinate my outfits and he just, he's just like he's shakes his, his head. Boot waiting. Yeah. Just look, come on. You know, the fish aren't going to look at you, you know, let's, let's go fishing. But you know, us girls, we, it's kind of funny. We have these like outfits and, you know, take a look at we we have to match everything so i i'm into matching the, i have to wear earrings when i go fishing that's the other thing he's just like you, you gotta be kidding me but i do i wear <laughs> i get my nails done too a lot of times i like to you know i like to have my nails done so i'm a i'm a girly girl but i love outdoors i'm really a tomboy at heart what is your home fly shop there is not, uh, I, well, we have an Orvis store in Pittsburgh Plaza here in Rochester. That would be the only fly shop we have here. I love, my favorite fly shop in the whole wide world is Melinda's up on the Salmon River. Um, if you ever get, it's near the tailwater. It's kind of across the street towards the uh, 
the bridge. She runs um, right in Altmar by the Altmar Bridge there. It's Melinda's Fly and Spay Tackle. She is a veteran of it and she is an amazing uh, fly shop. And so I do a lot of my ordering from Melinda's. I really I'm looking do. around my office. There's plenty of Melinda's price tags. And Melinda Barnum, Berna is just an amazing spay caster and she can, you know, she really holds her own there. And so I try to, when I go up to the Salmon River, which I'm up a lot there, I, I do buy a lot of things from her and try to support her as much as possible. That's a great shop. I always take pictures of that place too. She's, she's got everything. She does have everything. everything. Yeah. Do you have any superstitions? Yes. So it's, we're really funny. Dave and I both were really funny about a new hat. We, we don't like to wear a new hat fishing because a lot of times it, it jinxes us. So, you know, we, we have, we're funny about hats. And if we haven't, if we have a bad day fishing, we both look at each other and decide whether or not it's who was wearing a brand new hat that's never been broken in. Right. You know, so a lot of times we can't, you gotta be careful that you don't, especially if it's a day you're really going out there and you want to have a really good day. You got to make sure you're not wearing a new hat. Let's say you come down this way for, I don't know, shad fishing and cherry blossoms and you come out to our house. What's your drink? What am I serving to you? Oh, probably a tanqueray and tonic. Limes? Oh yeah, with a lime. Absolutely. I could I could put away some tank tonic. That's my summer drink. And in the winter, I I drink black velvet. I'm a whiskey girl, black velvet and ginger ale with uh lemon. A highball. All right. Mm -hmm. That's my winter drink. See. Is there a celebrity that you would like to meet? I actually, I've been lucky enough to meet my favorite celebrities. I got to meet back in 2006, I got to meet Lefty Cray. Okay. And I got to, I have a cute picture of him and I, and he was telling me jokes and stuff. And that, that then I was brand new, brand spanking new learning how to fly fish. And I remember sitting in the booth, he was at the TFO booth and asking him, I want to go saltwater fishing, you know, go for bonefish. And where, where should we go? Dave and I were talking, you know, I'm, I'm not a good caster, you know, I'm learning saltwater casting. It'd be first time standing on a bow and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I remember Lefty said, you know, go to Mexico, go to Pescamaya Lodge. There's a lot of dumb bonefish there, Lindsay, and you're going to, you're going to do great, you know, <laughs> and that, that we did. We actually took the trip the next year to Pescamaya and we went with the Yellow Dog Outfitter and it's in Ascension Bay. South of Cancun, you can you get out of your boat and you wade fish, and and it's a be wonderful, beautiful lodge, and there are lots and lots of bonefish there. And I did, I caught tons of bonefish, and and you know he was right. There, you need a place that maybe not the biggest bonefish, but you can at least have a lot of shots, uh, so that when you pick up the line with your trout set or you don't make a really good cast in the wind, you have some chance of us. Uh, catching a bonefish and so my favorite is lefty and you know my favorite lefty cray saying is don't teach them to swim reel them in you know when when you get some somebody's uh got a, a fish on and they're letting it letting it uh real you know the real screaming and everything like that lefty would say don't teach them to swim reel them in i, I just like my favorite saying of his so Man lefty more one-liners than sand in the beach 
Yeah. So Lefty was my, probably one of my dreams. The other person that I really, really wanted to meet as I got into fly fishing was Joan Wolf, right? I was enamored by Joan. I mean, I had read about her. She's here in New York. And, you know, I, I had, I had a, a wonderful opportunity to actually work side by side with Joan. Joan, I, I joined, um, the Catskill Museum. I was on the board there um, and I served on the board of directors at the Catskill Museum and Joan was on the board. So I got a chance to um, spend some time there with her and I really, really enjoyed, you know, her company and um, she's a mentor. I, I took an advanced casting class from her. So back in 2014, I joined the board of trustees on the Catskill Fly Fishing Museum. It's uh, in, in, um, and Joan there, you know, um, invited me to the opening day cast. So the first weekend in May, the first Saturday in May, they always have opening day. She had back in 2014, Sarah Lowe and I um, got a chance to be invited to the opening day cast with Joan and she had some other women um, that were from the area, from New York State. And we got to cast and they had reporters come and we, we got a chance to you know have pictures with Joan. And so I got to spend some time with her, not only there, but on the board. I was also able to go up to uh, and fish the beaver kill and uh, take her class. So she still teaches with Sheila Hansen. Uh, she, he, Sheila does the, most of the instruction, but I was able to go to Joan's fly fishing school and take a class with her, which was really, really fun. So I took the advanced casting class with her. So, you know, part of my dream was to meet Joan Wolf, and, and I, I got a chance to um, be in touch with her. I actually, she did send me an email the other day. I'm working uh, Trout Unlimited here in New York State. Since the girls, a lot of the women can't get to, together, part of the women's initiative and the diversity initiative, I'm doing a seminar, a Zoom meeting called Let's Connect, and it's about getting women together and um, connecting beyond social media, like learning to connect and learn more about each other. So I sent an email out to all the women in New York State to you that are members and Joan Wolf, actually, I forgot, is a member of Trout Unlimited. She's the longest running member of Trout Unlimited. And she sent me back an email. She's so cute. She said, Lindsay, I'm not going to be able to attend your Zoom meeting seminar, but keep up the good work or whatever. And I'm glad to see you're making strides with women in New York. So wow. there you go. I got an email back from Joan just saying, hey, I'm not going to attend, but thanks for the invite and, and, you know, keep up the good work. So, yeah, so Joan is really uh, very precious. She's the first lady of fly fishing. She's amazing. She's still doing really well. She's still casting. She's still teaching. And, um, you know, she's so precious to have her uh, down in the Catskills. And, um, you know, I'm just honored to be in her presence. Can you wrap this fantastic interview up with a story that you hadn't been there to believe? Something doesn't matter where you fished on the planet, who you were with, doesn't have to be a fishing story. Well, probably it was a it was a, a trip I took. It was a girl's trip to King Salmon, Alaska. And it was in 2019. And believe it or not, this trip started in 2018 at the fly fishing show in New Jersey. Back then it was in New Jersey. And Rachel Finn 
came up to to us as girls. We were kind of in that girls' booth area. I remember they have this women's area. And Rachel Finn came up and said, we got to go on a girls' spay trip, fishing trip. And we're going to go to Alaska. We're going to go to King Salmon, Alaska. And she goes, and I'm going to arrange this thing. She goes, this is, this is my bucket list trip, right? Because I don't know if anybody knows, but Rachel's been through a lot of hardships. She, she had cancer and beat it and other things like that. So, you know, Rachel had gone through quite a bit and she said, I want to go on this trip. This is like going to be the most amazing trip. And, and so she, she said that to, she said that to me and we've got Kiki there. We had Jackie Kunzer, uh, Chrissy Atkinson and myself, right? We're all standing around and Rachel's like, I want you and you and you, and we're all going to go on this trip and I'm going to book it. And we're going to King Salmon, Alaska, and we're going to go fish, you know, for char, Arctic char. And we're going to, you know, throw spay, you know, spay fish and you know, swing flies on the neck neck, you know, these big rainbows and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. So we, all of us girls said we're in, right? We're all, we're all like, this is, you know, we're going, right? So Rachel gets this trip lined up. And then, you know, Jackie has to go off and have a baby, little Tora. So, so, so she's out. She's not coming. She's not going to Alaska, you know. And uh, so poor Peter, you know, she can't leave Peter home to babysit for like a week while she goes to Alaska. It's just, a, you know, Tora was young too, right? You know, so so poor Jackie couldn't make it. And uh, so anyways, this thing's lined up for September. Um in, in 2019 and we got this trip lined up and it's great. So uh, to, to make a long story short, we, we went on, I went on this trip, Jackie obviously couldn't make it. So we invited my friend, uh, Dr. Joanne Hesney. She's a riot. She's just uh, a clown and she's an, an amazing uh, fisherman and you know travels around uh, fly fishing. And she's, um, she was like, you know, I wanna go, I wanna go. So Joanne joined us and then the last minute, uh, Chrissy, her dog got sick. It was really, really sad, but um, I don't know everything that happened, but you know, her, her dog was really, really sick. And so she ended up having to cancel the trip. So we got this other woman, she's a doctor, Dr. Hesney's good friend, Tia, uh, and Tia Raymond, and she's out of, she's an oncologist, you know, out of Dallas, Texas. She's a, a children's hospital uh, cardiologist, she's an amazing lady. So we ended up with this trip. So it was Rachel, myself, Joanne, and Tia uh, going to King Salmon. And we get ready to go. And sure enough, Rachel had to cancel because her husband, Jeff, was very, very sick, very sick. Um, And he was, you know, going into hospice. And and again, this whole trip really revolved around... um, really revolved around Rachel. And, and so it ended up being myself, Kiki, um, Joanne Hesney, and T- uh, Tia ended up going on this trip. And we we were humming and hawing whether we should go or not because Rachel can't go. This is Rachel's dream trip, okay? So we decided we'd go for Rachel. We went and went on this trip and it was an amazing trip. Um, we got to fish with uh, Katie and Justin um, Crump. I don't know if you know Frigate Travel, Frigate Adventure Travel. They're out of Oregon. Uh, Katie Crump is just amazing, and her husband, and they actually were the guides. They, you know, all guided. They took us to the spot. We uh, we got to 
you know, fish for dollies and rainbows and sockeye salmon, on, you know, on the Kulik. We, there were bears everywhere. I mean, just amazing scenery and bears. And, and they were, they were really good. They, they left us alone. I mean, you could watch them in the wild while you're fishing, you know, from a distance. And um, we went to the Knack-Knack and, you know, had just amazing two days of spay fishing, you know, there. And we met the Salmon Sisters. These are really crazy girls that, that are, run a salmon fishery boat and, and they are, they were there. We got to meet them. And then we did a fly out to the Ugashik uh, for Arctic char. And again, I, my favorite memories are Kiki and Joanne, you know, uh, catching fish after, after char, after char, after char. I mean, we just, we kept the net going constantly with all of us fishing. So that's the trip. I mean, to, to, to make a long story short, we came back and honestly, poor Rachel, her, we lost her uh, husband, Jeff, just uh, shortly after that, a couple weeks after that trip. And so here's the thing, we've got to go back on that trip. We've got to get Rachel, we got to get the girls, we got to go back and do that trip again um, at King Salmon, Alaska, at the King Salmon Lodge and, and go make that happen. So I'm sure if there was a fly fishing show that we could all go to, you know, Rachel walk up and she'd say, we got to go do that trip again. It's time to do that trip. So maybe we'll do that. But I might um, have to call all of y'all do a group podcast. For me. <laughs> but that trip was an amazing trip and it was hard to be on it because it was so good. And all I did is miss Rachel the whole time. So, and she was going through a lot there. So it was fun, but you know, Kiki, if you look at her on social media, her Facebook posts, she still has that Arctic char up there. And she caught like amazing numbers and Joanne and all of us. We, we had a great time, you know, great group of ladies and great fishermen. And, you know, we just, we just slammed it. We had a great time. Amazing. Right, Lindsay, where can listeners find you and Dave online if they want to purchase the book or hire you for some two-handed swinging lessons or get involved with your TU chapters? <laughs> well, Dave's book, it, it's called Fishing Adventures on the Fly. And if you go to the uh, URL, fishingadventures with an S on the fly.com, all one word, um, you can get on there and he sells it on Amazon for $19.95 or Kindle. I actually have a website uh, for, for my uh, guide business, it's Lindsay Agnes Fly Fishing, all one word, dot com. And you can go out there and, and see about me and some of my volunteer work. And actually, you know, you can s send an email to, to me and we can talk fly fishing, spay casting, whatever you're looking for. I'm on Instagram as L Agnes. And uh, I'm on Facebook as Lindsay Agnes. So you can follow me there. I, I have to admit that sometimes fishing pictures are, are grandkids. I've been having more grandkids than fishing pictures, so something's changing in my life. But you can follow me and Dave and on our fly fishing adventures. Um, Dave's working on another book. He's got some stories written already. So, you know, if you ever want to, you're close to Ira. If you ever want to learn, you you should read the one of his uh One of the chapters in the book is about Ira, the, the day that uh, we did the uh, Project Healing Waters together. We'll definitely check it out. Yeah, so we'll have to check it out. 
Yeah, so, I mean, we'll be out traveling. You know, I'm working to pay for my fishing vacations right now. And, you know, at some point I'll retire. And at this point, we're, we're about giving back, right? Giving back to uh, Toronto Limited, giving back to Project Human Waters and Oasis, our veterans, and giving back to Casting for Recovery, our girls that have uh, been brave to recover from breast cancer. So that's that's where you'll find me when I'm not playing with my grandkids or working. Right? Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Great. It's been wonderful talking to you, Rob. All right. Well, have a great evening, and hopefully you get snow, and I think we're just going to get ice again. Okay. Sounds good. Right. Thanks. Thanks okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six, eight, Western. A mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.